There we go. Do you want to do the intro again or are you done with that? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got roasted last time. Right. So yeah, well, cause you didn't, I thought you were going to say something crazy and then you just did it. And I was like, Oh, okay. I was expecting like a kooky thing. No, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make a reference to the movie we're watching. What did you do? Welcome to the podcast, pal. It's a, Welcome to the party, pal. I literally explained it. When That's I did what it. that was. That's what that and was. I literally explained it. <laughs> I oh. said you literally said what, and then I explained it to you. <laughs> oh, that might have been cut from the episode because I didn't get it. Ah, oh. whoops. Oh well. Welcome to the podcast, pal. <laughs> Hello, Cinephiles, and welcome to Silver Screen Sips, a podcast where two idiots talk about movies, and today we're discussing Die Hard 2. Uh, just a reminder, there are spoilers ahead for movies and TV shows that you may not have seen yet, so just know you've been warned. Also, Merry fucking Christmas, everyone. Hi, motherfucker. And a Happy New Year. That'll be next episode. Who's Italian? Do you not know what I'm quoting there? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year. Home Alone 3. Home Aloneer. Sure. We got to watch those next year for Christmas. Yeah. Home Alone 3 is actually like my favorite. I actually really like Home Alone 3. That's with the other kid, right? Yeah. It's with the blonde haired kid. Yeah. We don't talk about four and five. Those yeah, are. And, Scar- and Scarlett Johansson is a mom. <laughs> She's the. Oh, yeah. Wow. I didn't know that that's who that was at the time because I was much younger and I didn't know who Scarlett Johansson really was. Wow. Anyways. Merry Christmas. I hope everyone got what they wanted. Okay. What did you ask for Christmas, Isaiah? Uh, Besides a job. Sorry. Oops. I had to. <laughs> oh, that was mean. I'll cut that one out. Um, money. But yes, okay, no, also so a job. Yeah, job. <laughs> yeah. Damn. If anyone's hiring, um, Isaiah's looking to be um, an OnlyFans creator. Feet only. <laughs> okay. Disgusting. Um, not shaming, but not my thing. Disgusting. Um, well, I hope you get what you want. (laughs) I hope you get what you asked for. Because right now it's not Christmas, obviously, but this episode comes out on Christmas. So hopefully you get what you want. You on the naughty or the nice list? Uh, I'm going to fight you after stating it that way. So naughty. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. All right. I'm going to shut the fuck up now and let's hop into our first segment. Why don't you intro that for me? This week in Hollywood? (laughs) The question? With a question? (laughs) Question mark? (laughs) I think it was this. It's not really this week. It never really is this week. It's really the last week in Hollywood. (laughs) Oh, that's what the news is. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan has been accused of possibly being part of a very short street race in Los Angeles. Cell phone video shows two cars. uh, Cell phone shows. Try again. Oh, okay. A cell phone shows two cars. I'm not sure how a cell phone talked to you about this, but shows two cars, one of which is allegedly driven by Jordan, speeding together alongside Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood and a dark blue Ferrari crashing into a couple of parked cars, which it crashed, I believe, into a blue Kia. <laughs> Poor Kia. Also, Poor that's Kia. supposed to say a cell phone video. I apologize that's why, for that's my why writing. I got- that's why I got confused. I was like, wait yeah. a minute. As of Friday, December 15th, no file, uh, formal announcements have been made on whether Michael B. Jordan will face charges or if he is even under LAPD investigation. However, they are investigating the incident. Mm-hmm. I don't get how they, how, like, I mean, I know they're saying allegedly right now because no charges and, and stuff like that hasn't really been set out, but it's still like, 
how is it like if it's his car? Yeah. And he hit. I mean, unless it was like a hit and run type of situation where he never got out of the car during that moment, then I can understand how it's like, well, we don't know if he was even driving it because it you, just depends. It's alleged until proven guilty in a court of law. That is how the law works. Okay, well, then I allegedly have gone on the side of a highway. You know, the fact that I know the answer to that. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. Um, not proven in court. Therefore, not proven in court. Therefore, the record does you'll not never show. Know. The record cannot say. But you know what the record can say? What? Tell me about Wonka. Tell me what the record says about Wonka. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what the record says. So Wonka right now is out in theaters and it seems to be doing surprisingly well in the box office, um, bringing in a sweet 32 million on its opening night, not even Rest. opening weekend. Um, audiences have bestowed Wonka with an A minus cinema score. So that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and, it's getting more higher than I thought it'd be. Yeah. Apparently 60% of the ticket buyers for that Friday night were between the ages of 18 and 34. No shocker there because it's Timothy Chalamet. Uh, but we'll have the final box office ratings or numbers by Sunday, the 17th, which is tomorrow. So hopefully we can remember to update you guys on it. Or you can look it up yourself. Either one. Speaking of movies, let's talk about what's not doing great. Speaking of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Speaking of what this entire podcast is about, you know, um, <laughs> Zack Snyder's film Rebel Moon, which I'm excited for, um, and this does not does not deter me, is getting cut down by movie critics before it is even premiered, which streaming in December 21st. Perhaps the harshest critics for Rebel Moon, currently holding a 26 approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, yikes, yikes. comes from IndieWire, which gives the movie a D minus grade and dubs it Snyder's worst film. Double yikes. That the Guardian bad. gives it. A one out of five stars, triple yikes, damn, and deems it an ugly, unforgivable, dull, and self serious mess. That's insane. Wow. That cuts deep. Um, that really does. Yeah. What do you think they gave Five Nights at Freddy's? Oh, they definitely gave that a four out of five for no damn yeah. reason. Yeah. So I don't trust any of these people. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. The late Matthew Perry's cause of death has uh, been unknown up until now. According to the toxicology report from the L.A. County Medical Examiner's Office, Perry died from, quote, the acute effects of ketamine, end quote. Uh, the exact method of, like, how he took it is unknown. Um, but there's also some other contributing factors to his death, including drowning, coronary artery disease, and the effects of buprenorphine. Buprenorphine. Bu okay, I'm not a doctor here. Buprenorphine. You, oh god, yeah. okay. Uh -huh. Buprenorphine. Bu no, buprenorphine. No. Buprenorphine. Buprenorphine. <laughs> mm. Yeah, Any that doctors? one. Um, but that is used to treat opioid use disorder, so... Um, that would make sense. Yeah. The manner of his death was ruled an accident, though. So, rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Um, I. It, it's always made me... It's always, like, been bewildering to me when people release the cause of death to celebrities i get like but i don't get it at the same time uh why yeah why don't i get it yeah why don't you get it because it's like someone's private life but at the same time they're a celebrity so it's not like their life's private at all but it's just like but also know, like, it's kind of weird the cause of death of regular people is, is open to the public I guess so, but it's definitely not announced as much as like if there's no fucking articles written on 
oh. lying about it kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Except obituaries. If you're really morbid curious. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, on to the next headline. In other news, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is hitting theaters December 22nd, a day after uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Interesting. Uh, but the lead man himself, Jason Momoa, appears uncertain about the DC character in the franchise's future. In an interview, the actor stated the truth of it is, I mean, if the audience loves it, then there's a possibility. He told E.T., mm. but right now, I'm like, it's not looking too good. So, mm-hmm. it's not looking too good. <laughs> I'm glad they're self-aware. That's saying something. It is, it is weird, though, because like Aquaman is technically the best of the DC universe, which is saying something. I thought Shazam was doing very well. It is. But I don't know. It's weird. So like the, D, the of the DCEU of like the whole Justice League, like that, mm, that yeah. like party there. Because Shazam is like is the DC universe, but also like its own thing. Yeah. Even though it is connected because Superman shows up at the end of the first one. Spoilers. Yeah. For a movie that came out two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't a care. DC movie that nobody really cares about. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Shazam is kind of the better ones, but also like it's very disconnected. It's not really part of that like whole thing going on there. But mm-hmm. Of the DCEU, like, main people and all that kind of stuff, of those movies, Aquaman is kind of the best one. Other than Wonder Woman. Like, the first Wonder Woman movie is, like, top tier. No. We don't talk about the second one. <laughs> no, we do not. But, like, the like of the movies, Aquaman, like, the first Aquaman is, is kind of just a fun time. Like, it's, it's not, like, the best movie, but it's very it's very entertaining for and very different than the rest of the DCEU of being, like, dark and moody. Mm-hmm. Now, comedian Anthony Anderson has been set to host this upcoming Emmy ceremony on January 15th of 2024. Um, Originally, traditionally, the Emmys are held in September, but obviously they had to move it due to the actors and writers strike. Um, Some of the what to the actors and writers? (laughs) They won. Oh, yes. Congrats. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Some of the shows up for nomination right now is uh, our Succession, which I think is like the leading nominee for its final season. Um, no, and, I'm not even surprised. And other HBO series like The White Lotus and The Last of Us are also receiving multiple nominations. Um, so be sure to tune in January 15th to see who wins. I won't. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen the Emmys. I kind of just like Google it afterwards. The Oscars I will watch, but the Emmys not so much because I just I don't watch a lot of TV yeah, I'm not sure. But I did watch like, the, I know last the Golden. I know the Golden Globes mm-hmm. are. They're a little weird, but I know what they do. But I don't. I guess I'm mean, using straight TV. Golden Globes is like a weird combination of movies and TVs, and then Oscars is just movies. I thought the Golden Globes was music. No, that's the Grammys. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking of. The Grammys. And then, you got, the American, yeah. and then you got the American Music Awards, and then you got the Country Music Awards because they deserve their own. Award show, just for country music. <laughs> That's crazy. We're going to have our own award show one day. It's called the, the, you get the silver screen sip. Yeah. We just all drink. Yeah. You all drink. So you get, when you cut, if you win, you get a big ass shot. <laughs> <laughs> you get just a four horse one and you have to take yeah, it right cut. there. <laughs> You get you stand up on stage, you take a shot, and you give an acceptance speech. <laughs> now that's some shit I'd watch. <laughs> just a bunch of drunk celebrities saying fucking weird shit. I like to thank God. And my mom. I want to thank in this order my neighbor, <laughs> Ron, my sister, who's kind of hot, but we don't talk about <laughs> it, my mom, and God in that oh, order. I feel, like that's a real, I feel like that's a real speech. Because <laughs> I'm just that fucking good. Anyways, um, that concludes this week in Hollywood. You can find all of our sources cited on our Discord channel. <sighs> all right. Okay.
fucking have you, huh? Yeah. Now tell me some alcohol we can be drinking on stage, huh? Yes. So for our Silver Screen Sips Awards, <laughs> no, for Big Blues, Big Brews, we've got a great drink for you today. Um, at least good for me. <laughs> so for Die Hard 2, we have the, guess what? Die Hard cocktail. Crazy. Am I right? Oh my God. Um, so original. I know. Now the Die Hard cocktail comes from a blog called MinuteBarber.com. Minute so you barber? can find the recipe on there. Minute Barber. Yes. Minute Bartender. What am I saying? Minute Barber. I'm saying Minute Barber. Oh my God, dude. I don't know what's wrong with me today. Did you I've drink out before of it. getting this speech? What is happening? No, I have been out of it all fucking day and it's so weird. I don't know what's going on. Hey, okay. Can I get a shave and a haircut and a bottle of liquor? <laughs> yeah. So the Minute Bartender com. The Die Hard cocktail is known for its bold and invigorating flavors and has an intriguing history that dates back to the late 20th century, which we know what century we're in now. Yes, we do. Because of yes, our last do. episode. So this is that means this is 1800s, right? <laughs> yeah, no, the 1900s. Good old 1999. Mm-hmm. So here are our ingredients. We have two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of amaretto liqueur, which is a like a nutty... I think it's like an almond flavor thing. I think I, I had you try it when you were here, but I could be wrong. I but it feel is like, like I um, did. and I don't think I liked it. It's like almonds and no, uh, that was something else. Never mind. I thought it was what I gave you. What I gave you something else. I cannot think of the name of it for the life of me. But Amaretto has like yeah, like a almond kind of with a hint of fruity flavor. Hint of fruity goodness. We have an ounce of that. We have an ounce of lemon juice, half an ounce of simple syrup, one dash of Angostura bitters. That's it. Very simple. Very simple. Now, here's how you make it. Also pretty simple. You're going to fill a cocktail shaker halfway with ice cubes. Add all the ingredients into the shaker, being careful with the measurements for the simple syrup and the lemon juice. Even just the tiniest, like more or less, can completely alter the flavor, especially with the lemon juice. Um. You're going to close the shaker tightly with its lid and shake the cocktail vigorously for about 10 to 15 seconds. You're going to open the shaker and strain the mixture into a chilled cocktail glass. And then optionally, if you want, you can garnish the cocktail with a lemon twist or cherry. I vote cherry, nice maraschino cherry. Don't hurt nobody. (laughs) Um, And then you serve and enjoy the diehard cocktail. Now, it's quite similar to an old fashioned with like a slight twist on it. Um, but it's pretty straightforward. What do you think? It is very straightforward. I think it's, uh, I think I'll like it. I think it'd be, um, uh, if Amaretto is not the thing that we bought, then or that, I, that I tried, then I think I'm going to give it a four out of five because love me some bourbon. And it seems like a very simple urban cocktail yeah i'm trying to remember the name of the fucking thing i got chambord or something chambord 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 that was what it was oh yeah no that's disgusting yeah that shit was disgusting it's raspberry liqueur but it was like really gross very um i think it's an expensive bottle it's like a well it's not that expensive it's like a 50 dollar bottle but kind of expensive but it tastes like shit (laughs) so it's not that (laughs) so you'd give it a what i give it a four to five okay uh, I would give this a five out of five. Uh, old fashions are like my number one go-to drink. 
any night or if I'm even going out, I usually get an old fashioned or sometimes I'll get a Manhattan kind of just depends on my mood. I like both. Um, but this is basically an old fashioned just with, um, the amaretto and I think the lemon juice is not in an old fashioned old fashioned is just bourbon, Angostura bitters, and usually like orange and cherries in it. So it's got two extra ingredients. It sounds delish. I would give it five out of five. Delish. Well, that was an easy one. Thank you, Lewis, for that. That was super simple. Super simple, straight straight to the point. Super simple syrup. Nice. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's move on. We're moving on. Hear that set? We got it. Moving on. That's a wrap. No, it's not a wrap. Not a wrap. No. Oh, sorry. Martini shot? Not the martini shot, either. (laughs) Abby Singer shot? What is that? The second to last shot. Okay, no, still, still wrong. Still haven't gotten that far. Is there one before that one? I don't know. <laughs> I just know Abby Singer was always like Abby was a director or whatever, and we'd always call for the martini shot, meaning the last shot, and it would never be the last one. It'd always be the second to last. So then the second to last shot got coined the Abby Singer shot. Nice. Mm-hmm. Little fun film fact. Now speaking of shots, yes. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor of today's episode, Shaker and Spoon. Chicken Spoon. <laughs> Shaker and Spoon. It's a monthly subscription service that gives you bar quality. Qual- uh, my God. Yes, Sorry. try again from the top. We'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor today, uh, Shaker and Spoon. It is a monthly subscription service that gives you bar quality recipes and ingredients designed for award-winning mixologists. Did I say four? Dude, I don't even know what the fuck you're saying right now. Try- I think you're fine. Fix it in post. <laughs> okay. <laughs> designed by award-winning mixologists their latest box rum for the holidays uh features you guessed it amazing rum cocktail recipes that get you in the holiday spirit if you like your very own box to drink along with us then head on over to shakerandspoon.com and use promo code sips10 to get ten dollars off again that's promo code sips10 for ten dollars off um yes thank you shaker and spoon for being an awesome sponsor for the podcast now mm-hmm. let's move on to Beth's question of the day. Uh-huh. I have a great. First off, do you hear this? Crunching? That's my hotel pass keychain. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to the last episode. Isaiah bought me a Christmas gift and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that really got you. In Christmas quiff, I love it. I love it so much. All right. Here's my question. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. So we're talking Die Hard 2, right? Die my harder, question, yeah. Die Harder. Mm-hmm. Who would you cast in a modern day version of Die Hard 2? So I'll just, we'll just do the like five main people. Okay. John McLean, okay. obviously. Okay. Holly McLean, obviously. Mm-hmm. Colonel Stewart, Sergeant mm-hmm. Powell, and General Esperanza. Give me a second. Let me die hard. Who? I need to look at these people's faces. Or Esperanza. I'm so sorry. So let's start with the easy, the main character. Who would you cast for modern day Bruce Willis? I'm talking like someone who is this roughly the same age as Bruce Willis is in this movie. Uh, He's in his like 30s, I think. Um, He is. I'll tell you. Here's how old Bruce Willis was in Die Hard 2. He was 35. 
Really, I was right. Okay. Um, so it has to be actors who are like thirty-five, like around that age. Today. Yeah, and and they're mid thirties. I'd Bill, say. Timothy Chalamet. No, <laughs> How old is he? Like twenty? You no, know, he's like twenty-five. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Actors there. I guess it would, it would have to be a prominent action star. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Relatively. Okay. Let's, let's let's go through a few. Let's go through a few. Okay. So uh, with this too. Also, I want to state what we'll do is you'll tell me who you would cast, and then I'll tell you who I would cast, and then we'll go into the next character. Okay. Okay. Then okay. Uh, my top picks would be. Hmm, actually, you know, I have a few. I have a few. I have a few. Okay. So what do you got? we'll go through. We'll go through a few of them. Uh, for shits and giggles, I mm-hmm. think Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really. I'd like to see. I'd like to see him try it. I don't know if they want to see him in the in a muscle tank. Yes, I do want to see him in a muscle tank. I think that'd be funny. Um, okay, but also I think he's a very versatile actor. So I do. I, he's done action movies before, but like not in that yeah. type of way. So I think Fair. it'd be very interesting to see him try it. I don't think it'll work, but I do think it'd be a very interesting take. Uh, okay. Next to that, it would be. Oh my god, what's the? Is it? It's not Jamie Dornan. That's there's no way. Uh, the guy from Upgrade. Jamie Dornan? Oh, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey? No. That's Jamie Dornan. Yeah, no, not that guy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry, uh, Logan, uh, Logan Marshall Green from Upgrade. I think he mm. would be an interesting take. Yeah, okay. I can see it. And if you wanted to go with like a super, super A-list actor, uh, it would obviously be between like Chris Evans, John Krasinski, or Sebastian Sam. Mm, I was going to also say John Krasinski or maybe Chris Evans. Yeah. So, but I think uh, my top pick for all of it would be John Krasinski. I think he would make an interesting yes. uh, Die Hard. Like, I 100% like agree. I think John Krasinski would be an excellent pick. Okay. I think that would be mine. I'd have him. I'd probably do Chris Evans. And then if we're going to go like a little less, um, what's, I guess, A list, is that, I guess, the term we're using? Yeah. I would pick like Matthew mm, Gray Goblin. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was thinking like Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> no, give me a second. Give me a second. Sam Claflin. Sam Claflin. Yeah. Who's in Hunger Games? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, like him with a grizzly little beard. There's a picture of him I have here with a grizzly little beard, and I think I know exactly what one you're about to send. Yep. Yeah, that looks like a diehard guy. That's no, guy. Uh, huh. maybe. I still Maybe. think John Krasinski is number one for yeah, sure. John Krasinski. Die Hard 2 starring John Krasinski. We should make our thumbnail just be all the characters from Die Hard 2, but with our choices. Uh, it is a animated drawn cover, so that'll be hard to do, but we can give it a shot. Yeah, true. Okay. Number two, Holly McLean. Uh, how old is Holly McLean? <laughs> I would, let's, just, let's just say mid-30s for most of the, I guess not the older ones. We'll just say mid-30s as well for her. Um, Makes sense to me. I'll tell you who I've got. I got one right now. I got two right now. You have two right now? Natalie Portman, for sure. I think she's got that. Because I feel like Holly's kind of got a little badass in her, but she's still, like, feminine. Yeah. You know? So I feel like Natalie kind of also has that about her. Like, we've seen it in the past. Star Wars. So... I think she would be a good contender. I agree. I agree. I'm also a sucker for Emily Blunt, and I think yeah, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski would be a the, great right, pair. Yeah, like, perfect. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, be perfect. Mad, mad. I feel like Emily. I think like Emily Blunt is the is the choice. Yeah. But, oh no, I agree. I could also see Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that one. 
Damn. Oh, could we see Chris Pratt? <laughs> Very progressive. <It's> the- <laughs> what do you think? Chris Pratt is married to John Krasinski. <laughs> no, no, no. Not as Holly. I meant, I meant as John McClane, dumbass. No, no, no. I think I like my version better. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, no, I don't think Chris Pratt. I, no. no, too much. He's too, he's too lovable. I don't think he could. Yeah, he's but, like, too Think lovable. about him in like Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Yeah, but no, like I think he's too like lovable of a character. Like he he has a f- kind face. He doesn't Bruce, have it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like Bruce Willis is supposed to be like very intimidating and like well, he's aggressive and he's I mean, he cusses a lot. I just if Chris Pratt like cussed in like a very angry demeanor like John McClane would, I wouldn't take mm. it seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, what about Bryce Dallas Howard though as Holly? No, no, I don't see that. Um, okay, who do you see? Amber Hurt. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Uh, no, I think I think Emily Blunt is definitely like the top contender right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If it wasn't her, what about like Amanda Seyfried? Amanda. Mm, mm. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Maybe, maybe, but like Amanda Seyfried for me, just like she always seems like she's like 25 like for the rest of the, yeah. the entirety of your life um i don't know why but like jessica alba comes to mind i have no clue why <laughs> nah it's, it's i don't think so yeah i don't know why no nah, fam a... kirsten dunce no nah, no nah, I, don't, I don't see that damn it okay that's fine totally i'm really blanking okay on people that. bro what about natalie dormer natalie dormer mm-hmm. I don't she's know also that. in hunger games Oh, and she's also oh, in she, Game of Thrones. Is she? Yeah, yeah. No, Natalie, Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that choice 100%. But she has to have the, the side cut from Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right. The fucking we, got, side cut. we got Natalie Dormer and John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. Great, great casting. Okay. And if not, Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth Olsen? Yeah. Or do you mean Emily Blunt? No, Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, I mean, I will literally always cast Elizabeth Olsen in anything. <laughs> so I win. Um, okay. <laughs> next, Colonel Stewart. He's so a little he's bit the older. Main, main villain. He's a bit oh, older. No, he's about the same age, maybe. Right? When in the movie? He's like, he might he might be in his 40s in the movie. I don't know. Who who can oh, we take I got a good one. Hold on. I gotta look up this guy's name. He's he's kind of in a lot of things right now. Up and I wouldn't say up and coming, but he's in a decent amount of things. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons? Yeah. Oh, yeah. right. He's going to be in, um, damn, you're right. Yeah. Jesse Plemons, but he plays like a, st- like, it's funny is because he's a, some, he plays, a, he's played a few villains, but his, the way he plays mm-hmm. villains, like very straightforward and like, he's a psycho, but he's mm-hmm. very calm. So you don't know when he's about to snap on you mm-hmm. as a psycho. And I think that really works for him. I don't feel like that's something that the Colonel would be. I don't think he's like a, I don't see him as like a psychopath. <laughs> Well, not like a psycho, but like calm, cool, collected for the most part. Maybe, but I don't see him doing the action stuff. Mm, that is fair. I don't see him being naked and doing Tai Chi in, <laughs> in the middle of his <laughs> I could see him doing that, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, so maybe not him. No, but I, I think who'd play a good version of that is Luke Evans. Luke Evans. Why do I know that name? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if not, Michael Fassbender. Nah, I think Luke, I think Luke Evans for sure. I just, I feel like it's def- Michael Fassbender being naked in his room doing like practicing. He's a room. good second. I think you just want to see Michael Fassbender naked. 
<laughs> no, I think I, 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 dude, I don't know why, gym. but I feel like that, that scene has existed already and that he just doesn't have to act it. Dude, just close your eyes for a second and just imagine. <laughs> okay, so then who do we think? Luke Evans or Michael Fassbender? Hold on, hold on. We, 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 we gotta write this down together. Okay, John. So John McClane is John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. That won't get confusing on set. John Krasinski. Yeah. Holly, Holly. McClane. McLean is who did we choose? Oh fuck, something Dormer. What's her name? Natalie Dormer. Natalie. Natalie Dormer. Natalie Dormer. Um, Colonel Stewart. I think Michael Fassbender might win. Yeah, I feel like Michael Fassbender. Yeah, Michael Fassbender. Okay, okay. Okay. Next. next? Run a roll. Run a roll. Sorry, yeah, I'd like to more. change my. I would like to change Colonel Stewart into James Corden. Oh god. <laughs> Mostly because he dies at the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Next is Major Grant. He looks like he's in his fifties or his forties, so around that age, I would say. So he's got to be older. A commanding presence. Will. Did you about to say Will Smith? No, I said we would make him. I didn't. It, I didn't finish the sentence. Oh. Chuetta Gia4. Who? Uh, Chuetta Gia4 is. He was in Twelve Years a Slave. He's the main guy in Twelve Years a Slave. Oh. 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 Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, him? Jamie uh, Foxx? Ah. Mm. I don't know about that. We've seen him do action. He's not great, but like he's not that significant. I mean, he's kind of a significant character, but not that significant. I think of all people, Idris Elba will be like my top contender. Ooh. Idris Elba's really good. I good option. Yeah. Okay, let's do him. Idris Elba. Okay. Yeah. Idris Elba. Okay, last General Esperanzo. General Grant. Uh, Idris Esperanza. Keep saying Esperanzo. I'm sorry. Esperanza. General Esperanza. General Esperanza. Mm. I could also see Michael Fassbender as this guy. I don't. Mm. He would be. There is a dude. He probably like one of the actors from Narcos, to be honest with you. <laughs> so right now, my top contender is going to be Pedro Pascal. Next would be... I'm kind of on board with Pedro Pascal. Diego Luna would be good. He's an Andor. He is an Andor. I think Diego Luna looks too young for it, though. Yeah. Like, he looks too... Like, I wouldn't believe... If he came out as, like, oh, I'm a general, and I've ran a country, I, I was a dictator. I don't think I would believe it. <laughs> Fair. He just looks too young. What about Giancarlo Esposito? Oh, he did it in Far Cry. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly who it is. It's Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah. <laughs> yeah perfect i think that's our cast i think so that's beautiful i would watch it that's a good cast now if only other people could recast like we could damn that's a good cast damn. i'd watch the shit out of that i would watch that's so hard okay a little die hard <laughs> yeah and... all right well that was a fun little question yeah yeah lots of thank thinking. you Thank you for entertaining me and the folks, hopefully. Yes. Tell us who you think would be a good cast. Yes. Do you agree or disagree with our picks? Because I don't know. I think ours is pretty good. John Krasinski, Natalie Dormer, Michael Fassbender, Idris Elba, and Juancos Esposito. Now, okay, okay. But the real question is, mm-hmm. who plays the captain? <laughs> the Which one? The, plays cap. the one that's the like a dick? Yeah. Oh, easy. Danny DeVito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, it, got it. There it is. There's a cat. There you go. 
Perfect. I can, I, can, I can hear Danny DeVito yelling at me and being mm-hmm. like, get the hell out of my get office. Get this motherfucker out of my tower. Anyways. Facts. Facts. It's fact time. Fact time with me. What do you get? A lot. I have actually a few, I have a few facts. We're pretty good. Ooh, ooh. We're pretty stacked. So Yay. this movie is, again, based off a book. Who knew? And fascinating. Yeah, not the same book, not the same series. <laughs> this movie is actually based off a book called 58 Minutes. Oh. So it is an entirely different book, not even connected to the detective or. Yeah, it's very clear. Uh, now, for a second, back, it was director Rennie Harlan's idea for Colonel Stewart to do naked martial arts, have a naked martial arts session at the beginning of the movie. Mm. And it was not in a script. And so. Of course not. Yeah. So he was like, hey. And then um, apparently uh, the actor who plays him, I forgot his name. He said, hey, can we push it to like as far back in production as possible so that I can get ripped as possible? <laughs> <laughs> you do see a little bit of his dong at some point. In the reflection. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we were both looking. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was when I was reading facts, someone pointed out they're like, and he was naked. And I'm like, really? And then they zoomed in on the mirror. (laughs) Yeah. Now, according to John Leguizamo in his autobiography, because he is in this movie, if you do notice, you'll catch him. Mm -hmm. uh, His role was actually intended to be much larger until the filmmakers realized how short he was standing at a I think a crisp like five three. Oh, he's my height. Yeah, he's very small. Uh, his part was cut down to one line, which was then dubbed over because it happens over the radio. Damn. Poor yes. guy. Poor guy. Yeah. I mean, uh, what do you call? It? I think uh, Rennie Harland or jo- Joel Silver, the producer, ended up making up to him. They ended up putting him in a movie called Executive Decision, and his role was way bigger as a like a sorry. Uh-huh, here Good. you go. Which is funny is because that movie is described as Die Hard on a Plane. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Now, all the airlines featured in the movie are invented because no airline agreed to be featured in a movie where the film depicted the Harris acts happening at an airport. <laughs> oh, my God. Which I don't blame them. That makes sense. I, I wouldn't want my brand of like American Airlines, despite my reputation being as far tanked as a humanly could possibly be, blown up on television. <laughs> Oh in, uh, in the movie theaters, because, you know, why make your terrible reputation even worse? Exactly. Die Hard 2 was the first film to use digitally composed live action footage, which with a traditional matte painting that had been photographed and scanned into a computer. It was used as the last scene on the runway when everything blows up. Mm-hmm. So technologically advanced. The cool- now, the tool company Black & Decker paid $20,000 to have their Univolt cordless drill in the movie. However, three days before release, they had found out that the scene in which the drill was to be included, which was of John McClane in the vents unscrewing the vents, was then cut from the movie. And they were super pissed off about it, which, you know, after you pay Rightfully grand, so. Yeah. yeah you'd be pissed off. Uh, therefore, they then sued for $150,000. Damn. And they, well, they won, but it was settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. And I have a feeling it's probably $150,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, the TV series. Mythbusters tested the idea of blowing up a 747 by igniting a stream of jet fuel and rated it as busted because they found out that jet fuel, essentially kerosene, was extremely hard to light in liquid form, especially in a blizzard. And the flames would not have propagated fast enough to catch up to the plane as it did in the movie. Yeah, I I had some questions about that scene as well, so... Yeah, I'm glad well, to hear that. It's not possible. There, there's yeah, the answer to that question. That was kind of, yeah, that was kind of my gripe with it. Now, 
A TV version of the movie was made for TBS, which is dubbed with voice actors, is notably one of the worst dubs ever mm-hmm. in history. <laughs> it, both in voices and in lines to dub over, such as yippee motherfucker, was dubbed into yippee Mr. Falcon. Oh my god. Because apparently, earlier in the movie, they had General Esperanza, it was, like, his code name was Mr. Falcon, so they did that, but, like, John McClane had no clue of any of that information. However, I have a video for you of the dub. <laughs> oh, no. And it's, it's just the best moments. So we're just going to watch this together. Okay. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> I love this. Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon is like... Yippee- a, Why does he have also have an action? Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. <laughs> it's so stupid given the okay so it, because you know on tv they have to censor things that's why the dubs are always so stupid and that's why you have mm-hmm. um i'm tired of these monday to friday snakes on this something plane i don't remember the line is stupid yeah. speaking of censorship for our last fact the movie was originally given an nc-17 rating wow because the deaths in the movie were so brutal so <laughs> and the finished rated r cut is because they cut away from a lot of the deaths so the deaths that we do see are actually there's more film to them and there's way more brutal and there's way more gore and blood but they hmm. cut away from it earlier just so they can get the R rating because Damn. if you don't know for anyone who is wondering NC-17 is basically the kiss of death <laughs> for movies yeah. because movie theaters don't play them like if a movie gets an NC-17 rating no movie theater like AMC Regal none of them will ever play it they, they're not going to risk it because that is just no. It, nobody can see it really yeah nobody can see it the uh regu- trying to regulate that is going to be crazy people people can be sneaking it it's just there it's way too much of a headache to deal with and a lot so of never- a lot of price lawsuits too coming from karens that are like my son is terrified now while well, your son is 13 and he snuck in that's not the point how dare you show this movie in public? Well, it's called it's called America, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. And your son was not supposed to be in there to begin with. So how about you do better parenting and don't leave drop off your children at the movie theater and make us babysitters? Oh, I'm getting my blood pressure raised for a woman that doesn't even exist. Because <laughs> we all know she exists out there somewhere. She's out there listening. But those are all my facts for today. Oh, very good facts. I liked them. Thank you. Thank you. Um. I hated the no, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I have a question. Yes. Is the plane blowing up real? Uh I don't think so. I think it was miniatures. It looks oh, it's miniatures. Okay. I mean that makes more sense. Well, uh, yeah, because because the like with the fact if they composite they overcomposited digital things on top of it. Um the version is usually composed live action footage with a traditional map painting that has been photographed and scanned into a computer. So I'm my assumption, and I don't know this for sure, is that they did the traditional matte painting stuff and the computer generated graphics were not the explosion, but they were overlaying explosion stuff with the planes and stuff. So mm. I have a feeling it's not CGI. This is, definitely, I, this is not CGI, I don't believe. But like the digital compositing is all just like miniatures, I believe. Because mm. like in the first movie, there's miniatures. Like the helicopters flying through uh, the... Um, the city in the first movie that that's all miniatures oh really yeah wow like miniatures are a very big thing in hollywood back in the day to do practical effects 
Back in the day. Back in the day. Yeah. Very hard to find now. Oh, Inception did it. The blowing well, up of yeah. the... So in the last... The, in the very end of the movie, when they blow up the... Haven't uh, seen it. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, at the end of the movie, they blow something up. <laughs> it's a miniature. No, the, in, at the end of Inception, there's like a big, there's this big building on the side of a mountain that they blow up. And um, the behind the scenes shows that it was actually blue screen and a miniature. I mean, the miniature is huge, but like it's not a full on skyscraper. <laughs> mm, okay. All right. Well, thank you for your facts. <laughs> Let's talk about the movie, shall we, please? We um, shall. Do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, you can go first. I don't have a lot to say. Okay, I have a lot of bad stuff to say. Rip, go ahead. I think the plot twist with Major Grant was very well done. I didn't part- I didn't personally see it coming. Granted, I was like half paying attention to this movie all day. We'll get into that. Um, I thought that was well done. It was kind of like a ooh double agent kind of thing. Those are always fun. I also think that the plane wing fight scene was very good i think it's the best part of the entire movie mm. i think that say what no okay i'm, I'm going with you I'm, I'm with you so far okay i think that okay put a pin in that for a second going the on a little scene? side tangent yeah put a pin in the fight scene okay we're gonna go back to that i think this whole movie overall just felt like comical does that make sense yeah, like it felt okay. just like really ridiculous, like the paint room scene in the beginning of the movie. And John McClane is literally on the floor rolling and <laughs> shooting. It was like it wasn't like comical to like a, a standpoint where it's like, OK, whatever. It's an action movie. It was comical to the point where I was like, this is just stupid. Like, this is not entertaining to me. He just looks dumb rolling on the floor like that, you know? Yeah. So going back to the plane wing scene, I feel like that kind of action sequence is what the movie should have incorporated throughout the film. It shouldn't have just been the plane scene. I feel like all the scenes should have had that same level of intensity and grittiness and not so comic and like dumb. I think that's the best way I can put it. I don't know if you agree or not. That's somewhat. I- I think the I think the movie is ridiculous in a certain sense, and it's like, well, I mean, it shouldn't have it shouldn't exist <laughs> at all. I think Die Hard should have been a standalone movie, and every movie after feels a little unnecessary. I will probably change my mind a little bit in the next episode with Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, and we'll talk about that in the next episode. But this one definitely just doesn't feel necessary there's no ties really to the first one other than them being like ah why does the same shit always happen to us like that's the only like part about it that like even talks about the last movie um also when he said how can the same shit when they said that i literally out loud said oh just wait there's more (laughs) (laughs) um I think to I I talked about this the so I had a lot of trouble with this movie keep, like being able to keep my attention throughout it. I kept going on my phone. I kept getting up to get a snack or doing whatever just cuz I was just like kind of bored with it. I don't know. There was just wasn't enough like 
Die Hard, you watch it for action. And I just felt like there wasn't enough. The, there felt like way too long of pauses in between that I was just like, and like the character arcs or the story development that was happening between the action scenes were just not captivating enough to really keep my attention going. Um, also, I say this in the nicest way possible. Fuck the news anchor guy. I fucking hate him. <laughs> they brought him back just to piss you off. I was like, dude, you're so annoying. I get that's your whole role and that's your whole point. You do an excellent job at it, by the way. I just cannot stand the character. Um, there's like two other things that I just thought were really ridiculous. Like the fucking ejection out of the airplane was really stupid. Uh. I was like, okay, whatever. Also, the other thing in that exact same sequence, grenades don't take that long to explode. Yeah, no, they, they, those took forever. <laughs> that movie had a solid two minutes after they pulled the pin and released it, like to get in the chair, buckle up, and press the or pull the ejection cord or whatever. I was like, dude, these like things like explode in like five seconds. There's no way. Um. But yeah, I just felt like the whole movie felt very unnecessary. It just kind of felt like it was thrown out for kind of like a cash grab thing. So I gave it a two and a half out of five. Oof. Yeah. I gave the last one three and a half. So it feels appropriate. Justified. Yeah. How about you? So I agree. I feel the movie is really ridiculous. It is. It's not that it's unnecessary. I do feel like. It's just not the same vibes as the last one. The last one no, felt more no. like gritty and like less like, oh, there goes John McClane doing McClane things, you know? Oh, there he goes again. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is this movie is definitely a lot more uh, ridiculous. And I feel like the first one had a little more competence. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Lorenzo, the police chief, I thought his character was super annoying and it's like, yeah, I get he's like yeah. not in his jurisdiction, but also like you're just going to. So just because he's some cop that's on the news, you're just not going to take a word for any of the weird stuff that's going on in your in your airport. <laughs> like, isn't right, that your job? Because it has to go with the plot. Duh. Yeah, so I was like, that's yeah, no, he's there's a few good one liners in this movie. Um, yes, I'll be honest with you. I don't remember any of them, so they weren't that good. I mean, they he definitely they definitely rode on the Yippie Kaye line. Yeah, but like I mean, a yeah, lot. That's, that's in the rest of these movies, I know. Yeah, so I expect that. But um, yeah, some of them are pretty good. Not as iconic as the first one. Um, yeah, but clearly, you can't remember them. them. Yeah, I can't remember them, so they're not as iconic. Uh, Wasn't it something like where it was like, didn't he say the the Esperanza gets out of the the airplane or whatever? And he goes, "Did please stay in your seat until the plane arrives at the terminal or something?" <laughs> and then he like punches him in the face or something yeah something stupid like that yeah. um now one of the things that was like what the hell is happening is the scene where they send the SWAT team over to get to the other antenna I was thinking about it and I was like this plan doesn't make any sense because they now have a bunch of dudes stationed over there and it's like okay if you if you really don't want your men to die or like risk them dying, you strap the location that they were tr that they're trying to go to in explosives. So why would you have a bunch of men there to try to def like fight them off? Because if your plan was to kill the SWAT team, the SWAT team was all going to be up in that little like 
antenna thing. You could have just blown it up, killed killed the entire SWAT team, and then had the guys nearby to finish off anybody who was nearby if if they didn't kill them. But like from that explosion, it seemed pretty significant that if anybody who was nearby was gonna die. Yeah. So why would you like leave it the chance that some of your men would get killed? I, it just didn't make that didn't make much sense to me. No. There is the uh, when they got on the snowmobiles, I was like, wait a minute, this is cliffhanger from Modern for two. <laughs> but this also did come out first, so I can't say that. But I also can't say that. Um, yeah. And then also, they what is the what is up with the Fast and Furious level runway here? Oh my god! Yeah, was it's going like up in the air for like a solid fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, that it was a very long landing strip. Yeah, so that was crazy. Um. Uh, so I gave this movie the three out of five. It's pretty okay. It's an okay action movie. I don't think it's definitely not better than the first one. It's right. not the worst one. I definitely know it's not the worst one. I, I definitely have a feeling it's going to get worse. <laughs> oh boy. So it's not like offensively bad. Mm-hmm. It's campy. It's definitely, it's very, it's very, yeah, definitely campy. It's, that is a great word for it. Campy for yeah, sure. So it's definitely campy. That's all I got to say for it. It's, it's, it's campy. It's dumb. It's not as iconic. They tried their best, but uh, I definitely think they needed to do to do something else with this project. Yeah, I agree. I say if they just nixed it entirely and just went straight to the next one, they'd be fine. Yeah, but that's not how history tells it. <laughs> nope. Okay, well, do you have anything else you want to add before we wrap up the episode? No, that's about it. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year. (laughs) Feel free to send in any movie suggestions. If you'd like us to watch or review them for our next listeners episode, then go ahead and send those on in to silverscreensips at gmail.com. We will go through them pretty soon, actually, because we're about, well, I shouldn't say we're about halfway. Well, no, we are kind of. How many how many episodes? How many movies are there? I heard five. Five. Okay, so almost halfway through. Um, if you don't follow us already, then go follow us right now on Instagram at Silver Screen Sips so you can get any and all updates regarding the show and any upcoming guests we might have. Uh, of course, we will see you in... Oh, shit, we're going to see you... Next time we see you, it's going to be in 2024. That's wild. Wow. Whoa. Happy New Year. This is this next episode's New Year's Day. Wow, we timed that really well. Yeah, we timed that really well. We timed that amazing. We did that on purpose. Yeah, we'll see you guys. We'll see you next year. Uh, Oh my god! (laughs) Thank you. I know. Uh, With Die Hard with a Vengeance, yippee kaye, motherfucker! Wait, what was it? What was the dubbed one? Mr. Falcon. Yippee kaye, Mr. Falcon. This is stupid. So bad. You be like, hey, Mr. Falcon. <laughs>